Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Brad Gibb. Brad is the co-founder of Cashflow Tactics and Atlas Wealth Solutions, uh, where he empowers those seeking a life of financial independence with the tools and strategies necessary to grow wealth, build cash flow, and create financial freedom. He believes true freedom allows you to spend time with the people you want, where you want, when you want, because your income isn't limited to your time. And I think this is amazingly pertinent for you listening to the show because a lot of us health professionals struggle with this. So welcome to the show, Brad. I'm excited to have you on and, and talk. Yeah. I'm excited and honored to be here. Thanks. We were we were just talking about this before the show and I, and I said, look, we just need to jump into it because I think there's some gold <laughs> here. But give our audience some background on on who you are, how you got into this stuff and, uh, and, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the quick, the quick bio side of, you know, what people want to know why they should even listen to me. So wind the clock all the way back. Um, I've always been in love with money for some reason. That was never something I shied away for or felt uncomfortable mm -hmm. about. And it, it wasn't until I started teaching other people that I realized, well, wait a minute, people have baggage with money and wanting to talk about it, opening it up. Like to me, it's just, I loved math. I loved interactions. Like I sort of felt like economics was what really opened the world to me. I was like, wait a minute, you can tell me that I can take dollar signs and predict decisions people are going to make. Like, this is amazing. I love it. So for some reason, the financial side of decision-making always intrigued me. It wasn't that I wanted a lot of money, although I think we all do to some extent. It was the impact and the psychology behind how we made decisions around money that always interested me. So getting into school, I, I I've definitely followed the route of I need to get a good education to get a good job. I had kind of been trained that way. But if one degree was good, why don't I get like four? So I got an undergrad in accounting and then I got a master's in accounting. And then while I was there, I got a degree in statistics and economics because I just couldn't get enough of seeing this from, from all of these different angles. And so after getting those four degrees and graduating and moving on, um, I started out, don't ever hold this against me, but I started out downtown Wall Street, New York City based, you know, in, in the stock market world. And totally naive, totally green, had no idea what was going on, graduated just at the beginning of 2008. So perfect timing to get baptized by fire into, wow, what, is, what does this world really look like? So I was literally downtown New York City as everything imploded. Lehman Brothers goes under. Our building is next door to Lehman Brothers. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking out of the subway, normal day at work, and 500 people file out past me with cardboard boxes. And that kicked off what, you know, the world's never been the same ever since. And so I had a front row seat to so many different angles and aspects to what I thought I was going to be doing professionally and what my studies and, and desires had, had led me to. And in a very short period of time, I knew, I mean, I was, I was low man on the totem pole. I was not going to be like, if our company ended up with any issues, I was the first one out the door. So I looked around, I was like, why wait and wonder about it? I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave on my own volition and go seek my own world. So I had my Jerry Maguire moment and nobody followed me. Not even the cute secretary followed me out the door. Like I was the only one stupid enough to quit and walk away in the middle of an all out financial catastrophe. But I was, I was, I was committed to more. I was committed to getting out of what that meant and what that was. And I mean, I, I initially sought financial security through a good job, right? That was the security, the resume, that the pedigree was it. But there I was looking at my boss who was scared to death and that my boss's boss who was scared to death. My boss's boss's boss who'd been there for 20 years was just as scared and just as vulnerable as we all were. And that's, that's why I was like, hey, I can't, I can't do this. I'm gone. I, I'm going to, I'm going to have this security. So I figured, well, if I'm the boss, I can never fire myself. So I thought I'll go 
start a business and start a consulting firm. And um, actually, my brother and I started together, and uh, we ended up growing it to where we were consulting and taking companies public. We took about two dozen companies public in the two and you know just over two year time period. We had that company. So I see a whole nother element of that. I saw the business element, the business growth element, the profitability element, um, just another angle of of the world of money and investing through growing and taking companies public. But I I kind of re- got caught in the second trap because I was making money. I had control. I owned the business had everything that I told myself two to three years earlier that I wanted to have. But then I, I really was woken up to the to what I truly deeply wanted that I couldn't identify or articulate at the time that then became very apparent that I didn't. And I still remember like it was yesterday sitting at my partner desk in the office, looking at my big window, but it was two in the morning. So it was pitch black. And, you know, I signed the final paperwork for this and pushed it across the desk, finished with the project that I'd been on and started to think and was like, wait a minute, when was the last time I saw my kids? And it had been over a week because I was getting up before they were gone because it was a super important client I had to get. So I was out the door before there and I was late at the office and they were in bed. It had been, you know, been a week. It's like, when was the last time I saw my wife? Same thing. I had literally not seen my wife for an entire week because I was up before everybody, home before, after everybody was in bed. And I, and I really had that, wait a minute, I don't want to own the business. I don't want to make a lot of money. I don't, want to, I don't want all of that. What I want is I want my time. I want to own my time. That's what I need to be in control of. And that was the switch that flipped that I became fanatical about. Okay, I want to take all of the knowledge I've learned from accounting, economics, Wall Street, taking companies public, the whole gambit. And how do I translate all of that knowledge into me becoming personally, financially free as fast as possible? That's yeah. that's the path that it set me on. And in a period of less than 10 years, I got to where I owned and controlled 100% of my time. I did this first for myself before I ever coached anyone else on ever doing it. I became financially free myself, met up with who are now my two business partners in that process. We accomplished it ourselves. And we looked back and said, well, that was fun. That was interesting. Not even, I did it in a way I've never seen anyone else do it. I wonder if anybody else wants to know about this. And then we started, the three of us started talking about that's what became Cashflow Tactics. And that's what we do today is how do we take that knowledge, tactically implement it so that we can own 100% of our time? That's what we do. 100%. There are too many health professionals that are overworked because they feel like they need to because, well, if I don't see the clients, then who's going to? And yep. I need to be there to answer the phone and to to receive people and the only thing that's valuable is my time and all this sort of thing. And it's interesting because I've been there myself, right? And you know, your time is valuable with your client, but people aren't paying you enough for it. You know what I mean? Like you want one one time with me, you're going to have to pay for it because I value my time too much. But when you don't have the other, you know, seeds planted for your business, then sometimes it feels like your time's not that valuable. And sometimes it's not like, it's okay to be like, look, my time's not valuable. So I just got to flip and hustle. And then you start have to realize that, well, how do I develop leverage so that my time is the most valuable asset? Because it's the one that we all get equally. And some of us are just bad at using it, but it's also the one that you don't get back. You can always make more money. And that's what I always tell clients that are looking at investing with me. I'm like, well, it's going to take you, even if it took you a year longer to get there, A, it costs you money and B, you'll never get that year back. But too many of us don't have the right mindset around time versus money. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people put so much value in money uh, over their time? I mean, it's it's easier to grasp. Like I can look at my bank account and see money, right? I don't know when my time's going to run out. And when I'm in my 30s, it seems like I have a lot of time. You know what I mean? And that pressure doesn't doesn't mount. And it also, to be frankly honest, that's what we're taught. 
right? We're taught by other people who don't value their time, who don't control their time, that invest for the long run, wait it out, right? Get a good job, get paid hourly. And we just, that's that's how, I mean, we are saying inside of our company is 97% of the advice you get is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. So it's the way that 97% of the world lives their life, right? Mm-hmm. You're the weird one when you stop and ask a question and be like, man, I wonder why we do it that way, right? You're the one that everybody's like, well, I'm not gonna talk to him anymore, right? Like he's the weirdo, mm-hmm. right? But that's, I, I, ju- I think we're just trained, taught, and educated that we we trade our time for money for the next 30 or 35 years, and then we ride off into the sunset. And you're the crazy yeah. one if you ask, oh, maybe there's a different way. Yeah, when you think about it, like it's it's really odd because you work until retirement, and then now you're going to go and do stuff. Like, you wow. you know, you're going to be older, yeah. and you're going to be more tired, and you're gonna, like, what are you going to do then? Like, it's, it's, it's strange. My kids are already grown up. Yeah, like I'm yeah. a young dude. I know I know that I'm saying this, so people who are older than me are going to be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But it's it's like I don't, you know, and, and I'm still going to be young then, right? Like I'm about to turn thirty at forty, at fifty, at sixty. I'm still going to be young, but that's in thirty years' time. My kids are going to be old, and I never enjoyed them. Like I've got a baby boy; he's almost two, um, and it's gone way too fast. Holy crap! And I've got another just, one in January, and I'm like, you're two in January. Yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. We just had our sixth, if you can believe that. And wow. that's gone way too fast. And yeah. that that's the thing is wealth and business is not, is not success is not measured in a bank account. It's success in, in the life that we've built. Like we say over and over and over money. This is, it's also a different focus from us, from the money side of the game. People just want to just look straight at, at rate of return and dollars in the bank account and, and, and we really work to say, no, 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 like this money we have, it's just a tool. It, it's not the end objective. It's not what we're working for. It is a tool to build the life and the business that, that we love, to have the impact that we want to have and, and to build the memories that, that we want to have. And so it's just, a, it's just a tool. And just like you go to the hardware store and you ask for a hammer, they're not just going to bring you a hammer. They're going to say, well, what are you trying to build? And depending on what you're trying to build, we'll determine which tool we need, right? Yeah. So we have to start with what is it that we want? What are we trying to build here? And then we can reverse engineer to, okay, how does this tool of money, this tool of the business that I'm building help me get there? The problem is that, that and, and I've got firsthand experience with this, most of us learn stuff about money from people who are broke or unhappy. And we don't learn how it actually works for what we're trying to create in our lives and progression of our life. We just learn the stuff from mom and dad. Like my, my grandmother, I love her to bits. But um, she's chronically negative, and she always says things to me like, "Like James, get a real job." And I'm like, "What are you talking? What are you talking about?" And she's like, "You know, James, you know, I don't think you you're not really working, are you?" I said, "What do you, What do you mean?" And she said, "Well, you know, you need to get out there and like you're going to the gym. Why are you going to the gym, James? Just go and go and dig some holes and blah blah blah." And I said, "Grandma, I'm making more money in a month than most people are making in an entire year, and I have all of this free time, and I can impact people, and I can do a whole lot of stuff." I said, "What's the end goal of working? Just to get sweaty?" to feel accomplished. Like I love what I do, but I also get paid very well for it. But this is concept that it, it just doesn't connect. And, and same thing with, with how I was raised with my mother and things. It was money makes things easier, James. And they're, they're like this and they're happy like this because I've got money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and I, so I believed it hundred percent. And then as I get more successful and I have more money, you start to realize that no, it doesn't make you happy. And uh, B, it does not make things easier because my life is harder now than it ever has been. Maybe not emotionally because I'm, I'm more on track in my head, but at least with stuff going on because to make money, there's things happening, but it's about understanding the leverage that you get from it and understanding people don't get like what money is and how it works. 
yep. and how cash is not necessarily valuable. And yeah, money money doesn't solve any problems, right? No. You always have problems. The quality of those problems are just different, right? Mm -hmm. And dude, you just you just became my best friend because you said stop listening to broke people. Like that's what we chant so much. Like somehow we have been you know trained taught, and educated again that because somebody has a, a degree after their name you know fancy letters or a nice title or a mahogany office that we should take advice from them but that doesn't it's really exposed in other areas like healthcare professionals right like would you feel very good about taking advice from a doctor who's outside on a smoke break i'd be like whoa wait a minute like or would i take workout and nutrition advice from somebody who's 150 pounds overweight I'd be immediately, I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute, right? Or would I take marriage advice from somebody who's A, either never been married or B, on their fourth divorce? Like, well, wait a minute. Like at some point, I need to be taking advice from somebody who's in a, who I would trade places with, right? But not in money advice. Oh no, I just need to listen to that, you know, the person though, they have degrees and they have credentials. So I guess they're smarter, but the truth is, is they're no more better off than you are. And in most cases, they're just as broke, just as trapped, just as frustrated with money as you are, but they just happen to study it in school. So I made it a rule very early on because I saw this because on the one hand I was studying it, but on the other hand, I wanted this outcome that I couldn't find in the very field that I had studied. And so I may, I decided very early on, the only people I'm going to listen to is somebody I would trade spots with, which meant they had to own 100 of their time, 100% of their time first. And only then would I listen to. So one piece of advice I give to people is before you ever listen to anyone about anything, but especially money, the first question you should ask is, are you rich? And if the answer is no, stop listening because it doesn't matter. They can't lead you to somewhere where, you, where they have not been. I want to add to that as well. A lot of people are way too over leveraged and so they're actually at the same place as you they just have shinier shit and <laughs> and it's like they're not actually they're not understanding yeah i could come this all day i think one one thing i one thing i want to add to this is um too often we look at what the the status quo we're doing or like the, the standard way of doing things and where like innovation is breaking the mold and these days it's like let's find the dude who's wearing jandals and living in bali and seems to just have it all sorted out and he's buying all these real estate all his real estate and he's got these businesses and he's not in a suit with a you know a phd and fancy desk like you said and he's in the situation looking though how is this working like what what's this guy doing because i've got a friend who um i won't say his name but he um he makes a million bucks a year selling eye masks on amazon and that's his side hustle that he doesn't even think about he runs supplement companies and does other all this e-commerce stuff. And he lives on a farm about like an hour out of out of my city uh, with his with his twins. Great dude. But you'd meet him and you would not think that he was this business genius. But he's just he's just so savvy. You know what I mean? And then you've got this other dude wearing a suit and he's got a nice watch on, he's telling you all these things. But when you're looking at the situation, it's like I don't he doesn't actually have control over his lifestyle. He's a slave to the phone and um it's interesting. It's really interesting. And, and yeah, and I guess I'll qualify my statement of are you rich is do you own your time, right? Yeah, and that, that's sure. it, right? Like this guy, he owns his time. He can make his own decisions. He knows what's going on. But yeah, not just do I have a big paycheck? Because when I owned my, you know, the business that owned me, that's what I realized is I was like, wait a minute, I don't own this business. It owns me. Mm. And then the paycheck didn't matter. 
the the fan, like everything I thought that I wanted to matter at that point when I was not free, I was like, okay, I'm out. I got to figure this out. Yeah. I am. Um, I try and teach this concept to my clients all the time is you have to build leverage into your business. If your business is dependent on entirely you seeing clients or you doing all the hustle marketing, but you're trying to save a bit of money because you don't want to pay ads or I don't know, you just want to have the prestige feeling of like, you know, I only build my business off referrals or whatever. It's controlling you and you don't have freedom. And it's about letting the money work for you. And, you know, we could talk about this all day with real estate and things, but it's an example of that. You know, you collect cash and you purchase assets that, that grow for you so that you don't have to work on it. But I think that what's pertinent for our listeners and in, in, in business is understanding how money works to get you where you want to be. And ultimately, if you're trying to impact more people, then working one-on-one with people is not the way to do it if you're collectively trying to create mass amounts of influence. If you know, having the life that you want for your family, uh, working one-on-one with clients, slaving away till 8 p.m. at night like I used to is not the way of doing it. And understanding that where you're wanting to go will dictate the strategies that you want to use, but just staying in and doing the things that you're currently doing because you think that hopefully you'll get there is insanity. You have to change your strategies up. And too many people are scared to change how they're doing it because they're looking at the wrong people and either getting direct advice from them or they're watching them thinking that, that they're successful. And people say it to me all the time, they're like, oh, well, this person's successful and they've done this thing. And I'm like, yeah, but most people look more successful than they are and they probably don't know how they actually got there. They just happen to end up there. So they can't actually teach you anything. So you need to look outside the box uh, with how to do yeah. things. And I've, I've, I've slipped and said the word advice a couple of times. Advice for the very reason that you're talking about is incredibly dangerous across the mm-hmm. board. Like advice is, is not what you should ever be asking for because it's so tainted by that person's viewpoint, their circumstances, the luck that they happen to have, whatever went into that for them to say, hey, well, this is what I did. Instead, and I, and I know you teach this as well, power is found in understanding formulas and frameworks that are repeatable, right? The laws, the principles that drive the outcome that you're looking for. I want somebody to never give me advice, but I ask them very specifically, what's your framework, right? What's the formula you follow to get the result that you have? And if they can't articulate it, then like you said, they probably got there without even knowing how they got there, right? But that person can't help, help me get there as well. So what we want in life is the more frameworks and formulas we can get our hands around and understand, the more leverage we have. And then that's at a point in time where if I understand the formula and framework, I don't have to do it. I can effectively get somebody else to do it, but know that I'll still get the same outcome. And that gives me the freedom to let go of things that I'm irrationally holding on tight to because if if I'm the only one that can get the outcome, well, then I'm dependent, right? Mm. Whereas if I understand and control the formula and framework, I can get the outcome whether I'm a part of it or not. And that's where true power comes from. From a business standpoint, there are principles, there are formulas and frameworks. From a money standpoint, from a relationship standpoint, from a health standpoint, formulas, frameworks, systems. And the better we get at that, the more freedom we have as we go into yeah. it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because I had this mindset of of money is the thing because I, I didn't grow up with, with very much. And uh, it was just my mom and brother and, and I. And um, there was this, always this thing of you just need money and then everything will be easy. And so what I ended up doing was just working way too hard and collecting all this money, but then not actually having any control because then if I wanted to go on holiday, and I talked about this before, you know, I went went to Europe with my, my girlfriend, now wife, and um, it was this toss up between, well, shit, do I go on holiday and that's going to cost me 10 grand? But then if I don't work, it's going to cost me 40. Or do I just stay here 
and, you know, white knuckle it through. And I'm like, well, then I'm not living my life. And what am I really collecting? And then, well, I guess in the future, I'll have some assets and then I can go on holiday, but then I'm going to be, again, I'm going to be tired and older and it's just going to be a different situation. And so yeah. I remember reading the, um, the four hour work week, Tim Ferriss, right. And yep. um, the, these concepts about knowing what, what you need and what you want and then allowing that to happen. And, and so I started really kind of finding mentors to, to, be guided by and to follow in their footsteps and what it ultimately came back to uh, and this is this is really good for for if you're listening to this and you're stuck in your healthcare business is i began to systemize what i was doing create uh, standard operating procedures around how everything works so that i could train people to do stuff and only work in my zone of genius and i meant the business worked for me instead of against me and instead of making more cash if i like here's the thing if i want to you know answer my own phones i might save thirty forty thousand dollars a year that's a lot of money yeah. answering my own phone taking my own payments and, and bookings but then i'm going to be working until 9 p.m at night like i used to and never have a weekend and i'm going to burn out and get sick and so i started investing in these things that allowed me to get time back but also create leverage and the irony was that when i started to get more time back i could see things more clearly when i focused on getting a good night's sleep and eating food and exercising i felt better and so i was more productive and more efficient more effective you just continue reinvesting in that process and you just build this beast and then you're just kind of sitting there at the top and it's doing its thing. And, you know, now we're making this move to, uh, we've just hired five naturopaths and nutritionists. We're going and going to build the, the biggest virtual practice in New Zealand uh, and then pivot into Australia because we've just leveraged what we've done and just said, man, I'm really good at getting new clients for naturopaths, nutritionists, functional medicine. What if I just flipped and hired a whole lot of them to see the clients and standardized how they did it and then just went to the moon? and have managers in place. And now we're doing it because I, I started with how do I make this easier so that I have more time so I can live my life? Because I, I like money. Like you said, like at the start, right? Like I enjoy it because it's, it's like playing Monopoly. Like what do you do? You collect, collect hotels, four greens and a red and um, get cash. It's fun. It's not bad. And, and I'm obsessed about it. And that's okay because I'm using it for the right things. and I'm not giving up my life for it. And it's only fun when you understand how it works, right? If you're not yeah. dependent upon it and you're not a slave to it and you're not making those vacation. I remember that same thing. Vacation wasn't about the money that I had to spend to go. It was the money I didn't make by going. And it was way too expensive for me to ever take time off, right? That's when you become a slave to money. Money's not fun at that point. Then you start to resent money. And I got to a point where the more money that came into my bank account, the more resentful I got because it represented more nights and weekends that I didn't have. Mm. That's when that's when money becomes becomes crazy. But the other really cool part about this is money is just a tool to build and design the life that you want. And I've had clients that I actually have a client who all he wanted to do was be a high school band teacher. That's what he wanted. And so he built mm. an investment system that he didn't have to be a part of, that he didn't have to run. So he attained leverage in other areas to allow him to have the impact because he wanted the one-on-one -on -one impact with that student, right? That would mm. change them forever and see, he saw scale through the 40 kids that were graduating every semester from his class. And he could mm. see what they would go on to do. And so he built and designed massive scale that no one else saw, right? But that's what he wanted to build. So it still required systems and processes and control and leverage just aimed at a different outcome. He didn't hire secretaries and scale and offices and all that stuff. He, he was very diligent and did it through the dollars that he earned to build a system that could continue to grow and leverage and scale on top of themselves and allow him the time 
to be a band teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see that a lot. I've got clients that, you know, they want to have multiple clinics and have this big business. And I've got others that, that, that say, James, look, I just never want to have to worry about clients again. And I just want to be able to work in my business uh, and see my clients. Uh, a really good example of one that, that we did some stuff with and, and he grew. And I said to him, look, like, dude, you could, your, your business is killing it. Let's get you some associates. Let's start expanding this thing and having more impact. And I was leading from, from my passion and, and purpose. And he said, James, I'm, I'm happy. And I said, that's awesome. Like he, he went through like 10% of what I could show him, right? But he got what he needed to get to where he wanted to be and he was happy. And ultimately it's about that. A lot of times we talk about, you know, how do we grow really big and make more money? But we, again, it just comes back to that same thing. Like I can become too obsessed with having success because I'm so fulfilled by it that it becomes out of balance with everything else. So it's not inherently bad because it's not detrimental to me per se, because I've got things on track, but then it's like my children, my family and balance in other areas needs to come back and into check. So really knowing, I think, like you said, what you want to achieve is going to help you pick the strategies. And mindset is, is such a big part of this. And that long-term vision, everyone wants to go for the tactic. They want to know, what do I, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? How do you help someone to kind of get through that and get back on track with what matters is not the tactic in front of you or the what, it's more of the why. Because ultimately, I've noticed, especially interviewing people like you for, for a while now, it's, it's consistency between people who are successful. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Truth is truth is truth, right? It doesn't matter where it's expressed. When it's expressed, you can see it. So really quickly, I'll go back to that hammer analogy, right? Like no one ever in the history of the world has ever wanted a hammer, ever, never. Mm. Right? Well, but why are so many sold? Well, we want something built with it, right? And a hammer is the tool to get that done. So the tactics are the hammer, right? And they're only useful in so far that we know the vision of what it is that we're trying to build. And this is where so many people, especially on the money conversation, get lost. They get lost in the tactics that stocks or bonds or real estate or Bitcoin or, you know, tax-free this or that or the other thing. And they're, they're awash in hammers and they don't even have a blueprint of what they're going to build, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where, where we work really hard to rise above that and ask ourselves the question, well, what is it? What do we want? Let's take a second and let's define success first. What does winning in the game of money actually look like? And remember, money is a hammer. It's only a tool. You, so you can't come to me and say, Brad, I want a million dollars. Because I'd say, cool, earn $50,000 a year for 20 years. There's your million bucks. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. not what I meant. Well, okay, well, what did you really mean? You didn't really want a million dollars, right? So what is it that you wanted for us? The definition is own my time. And I can own my time that when my, my we call it leveraged income because passive income is a lie. We'll, we won't talk about that today. But my leveraged income, the income that I don't have to go work for every single day that is not income that is detached from my time, mm -hmm. right? That, when that exceeds my expenses, I now own all of my time. Fair, right? So my yeah. cash flow exceeds my expenses. I now own my time. Great. That's the target. Then we start saying, when do we want to get there? Cool. Then we're going to reverse engineer. We're going to build this together and we're going to create a plan first. We're going to create a strategy. And then with that strategy, with that blueprint, now the tactics start to make a lot of sense, right? Mm -hmm. We can say, do 401ks and IRAs work? Do stocks, bonds, and mutual funds work? Do superannuation plans? I think that's what you call them in your world, right? Do those things work? Do they get us our outcome or not, right? Because if you raise your hand, if you go onto the Facebooks, and, and say, hey, who can sell me real estate? You'll have a thousand people saying, oh, I got a deal for you.
but it's almost impossible. And I would say it is impossible to answer the question, should you buy real estate, right? Or should you buy stocks or should you Mm -hmm. buy, right? Without a plan, you can't answer the question of should. Oh, I'll I'll use this medical world. This is the business one of my favorite examples. You guys will get this. You guys know this inherently, right? If a doctor got up at a conference or went on the radio and say, everybody that hears me should take drug XYZ. It's already making your skin crawl, right? No way could you ever make a prescription to everybody in the world. Doesn't make any sense, right? But how many financial people get up and say, everyone should XYZ buy this thing or invest in, but doesn't make anybody's skin crawl. He all of a sudden looks really smart. Like he knows what everybody should do. But guys, in the world of money, just like in the world of medicine, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. If somebody who doesn't know what you want and where you're trying to go and who you are and what you're working with tries to tell you, you should do this. It's just like walking into a doctor's office and he doesn't even look at your chart and just writes a prescription and says, this will fix whatever you came in for. Yeah. Yeah. I love the hammer analogy. A really good example of this is, is take inventory of how many pieces of software that you have that you don't really need or use. <laughs> um, or, you know, how many pairs of gym pants and shoes and, and fancy equipment that you have, but how often you actually go to the gym. Uh, I love it when people, they start with, great, I want to get this outcome, so I'm going to get all the tools. And I'm like, why the hell do you have all these tools? Why did you buy the special CrossFit shoes and the gloves and the this and the that? It's like you're not lifting weights heavy enough for it to matter. You're not even going to the gym, Dave. Like, <laughs> but yoga pants, activewear is an amazing one. Activewear is the, I'm going to, I like the idea of going to the gym, but I don't. So I'm just going to buy a lot of clothes that make it's me look, look like I go to the gym. Yeah. And now it's, it's going to fashion always look like I'm on my way to the gym when I never am. Yeah. <laughs> People who look the part, I find rarely are the part because, you know, Bill Gates wears trainers. You know what I mean? He doesn't sit on Lamborghinis with women around him. And, um, I think, I think that's the funny thing. The, the actual practitioners of this that are actually pre- making waves and, and you look at anyone, like even the, the, the dude at the gym who's actually doing really well, he's probably in sweatpants. He's not got the latest everything unless he's sponsored and so he's wearing it to, to sell something because he's just a practitioner of the thing to get the outcome, not the fancy stuff, you know what I mean? And so much has been built around tactics because we all feel like tactics are the shortcut We'll look at someone successful and say, what is the software they're using to send their emails to make their millions? And it's like, dude, it's irrelevant. Uh, Just send emails. So how do we get out of that tactical focus? How do we get out of that? Because it's it's, it's attractive. You know what I mean? No, it is. I want to get super tactical. Yep. How do do we break out of that? it's, It's The other reason that it's alluring is it allows us to abdicate the responsibility right? Yeah, true. Um, as, as a business owner, I, I detest the idea of retirement because the one thing that forces me to grow constantly is the fact that I'm running a business, right? Yeah. And that's what I love. It's one of the things I love the most. Like the best personal development tool ever on the planet is just go start a business and then see if you're really good at anything, right? And it will expose you very, very quickly where you need to grow. And the tactics don't expose for us because it it's like, oh, if like he bought that, he made that investment. If I make that investment now, I don't have to become an investor. I don't have to grow as a person. I don't have to address why I don't have 
because I mean, the only way I know that you need to grow is you, there's something you want that you don't yet have, right? Mm -hmm. That's the definition of, well, there's a gap and I need to fill that gap and then I'll have the thing that I want. And so tactics make it so we can just turn our brain off and say, oh, if I do that, then I'll have the outcome. I don't have to be anybody different. So to get over that, when you come and you work with us, we will actually refuse to talk to you about tactics. We refuse to even work with you. We cannot, we will not onboard you into any of our programs until you've asked three very simple, yet the most difficult questions I've ever had to answer. It's what do you want? Why does it matter? And who do you need to become to get there? If we can work with that, now I can come in, I can design a strategy, I can use my unique abilities and gifts around money and taxes and finance and investing and cash flow, all the stuff that we do to put a strategy together that helps you get what you want. But if you don't know what you want, I'm already dead in the water and I'll never be able to help you, right? Yeah. So it's, it's getting really clear about what do we want and not saying that I want to I wanna buy real estate. No, you, that's a hammer, right? What is it that you want? And then asking the question, why does that matter, yeah. right? What is it going to lead to? Because without a why, the what is always going to be too hard. It's always going to be too complicated. It, I always never going to have enough time, right? You mentioned email, right? How many conversations have you had with clients that they're in the middle of switching to a new email provider, right? Or a new email program or this or that or the other? Because their why isn't strong enough to just say, mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this until it works, right? Yeah. So what do you want? Why does it matter? And then we can lean into the conversation of, okay, who do I need to become to accomplish that? Like, where am I not sufficient? Because what most people don't understand about money and finance and investing is the number one asset you have is you. And the first place we look to invest is back into you to become the person that can make those investments or that can be worthy of that, that wealth position. And we're going we're gonna to start at the very depth of the foundations of building wealth because once we can solve those three questions, the tactics become easy. It's yeah. not hard. Is it, James, is it hard to get clients online? No. no. Like once we've done the hard work of what do we want and who do we want to serve and what is the difference we're going to make and what makes us different? And once we do the hard work, then the outcome that we're looking for becomes really, really easy. It's the same in investing. The tactics are easy, right? Making money is easy once we can answer those three questions. 100%. And now I'm going to, I love that I'm asking you this. Let's get tactical. What is something that people, health professional can do right now to, to move the needle forward? And I kind of want to lean on what you just said because I feel like this is your answer, but I'm going to let you give your own answer. But I want to add this for everyone listening. I think that the tactical for that is what do you want? Why does it matter? And who do you need to become to get there? I think that's the tactical thing, but um, play with that with me. What, what do you think that they can do? Because I feel like we sometimes we get very caught in the clouds of, okay, I need to be this person, I need to be these things, but it's like, well, well, where do I start? What do I look at? How does that, how do I kind of get into that path? Because I understand that I don't need to keep buying software, but so what, what do I do instead then? Yep. So as, as an example, to this email client that we've been kind of poking at here, rather than setting the target to, I need you know, an email software that works, it's how many new clients do I need to be bringing in every month for my business to be what I want it to be, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can set that, then we can reverse engineer, great, how big does my list need to be? You know, how many emails do I need? How many opt-ins do I need? Like we could then reverse engineer a, stra a business strategy that would yield what we actually want. The corollary to that on the financial side of what do we want, 
right? We work within this realm of we teach and preach financial freedom in 10 years or less. Okay. So we're going to set a definite time window that if you follow the right frameworks and the right formulas, anyone, regardless age, income, prior experience, it doesn't matter. You can be financially free in 10 years or less. Okay. So we put a 10 year window on it and we ask the question, where do you want to be 10 years from now? Right. What do you want 10 years from now financially? If we look at a, a cash flow definition of success, right? Not a net worth because you know, being out of debt is great, but that's not financial freedom because I still then have to trade my time for money, right? Mm. Debt is irrelevant, right? Net worth is irrelevant because you've heard the phrase dirt poor, right? I could be asset rich, but still have to wake up in the morning and make compromises and choices around my time, right? Mm. So it's not net worth, it's cash flow. 10 years from now, how much cash flow would have to be coming in from your leveraged investment for your life to be different, for you to feel like you can own all of your time? We call that your strike number. So when we refine this, what do we want conversation? Yes, it's, I want more time with my family. Why does that matter? There's, we can answer those. But when we want to go a level more tactical, ultimately, it comes down to setting and defining what we call your strike number. Okay. Mm. What is that cash flow exceeding your expenses that I've had that much coming in? I would own my time. I, I would make choices differently. Yeah. And then to be more tactical around the question of why does it matter? A good way to get started in that conversation is what are three things that I'm doing now that if I had that much cash flow coming in, I would stop doing? What are three things in my life that if I had $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month, $30,000 a month, whatever that is coming in, what are three things I, that I'm currently doing that I would stop doing? On the flip side of that, what are three things that I'm not doing that I would start doing if I had that kind of money coming in that was independent of my time? And that starts to get us layers deep in the onion of what do I want and why does it matter? Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much. This episode's been fire. I think there's so many things we can take from this in so many different contexts. How can our audience connect with you online? Awesome. If they want to get in, uh, one thing we've worked really, really hard at to try to help get this clarity is we've put together a five-day, I know challenges are all the rage right now, but um, we put together a five-day challenge to take you through step-by-step gaining this clarity. We help you calculate your strike number. We help expose the things that financially are not serving and not getting you closer. So we, we expose some of that and we line up these targets of what would create financial freedom in 10 years or less. We do that in, in five days. It's delivered and you get to watch like a 20-minute video and there's a worksheet that you can fill out or an exercise that will take you through everything that we've been talking about today and line up what is the outcome, right? What, what is the blueprint? And then lines up for us, what are the tools and tactics necessary to get us there? So our, our five-day to creating a plan to financial freedom, you can go to cashflowtactics.com forward slash challenge and get in that. And then to accompany that, we've got a Facebook group where we're, we're sharing and engaging in this conversation, talking about what's working. You'll see other people on that path to implementing what they're doing and and what's working. And we can open up that conversation there um, in a community. So those go hand in hand, but cashflowtactics.com forward slash challenge. It is five days, totally free, but don't let the price tag fool you. I think we've invested more time, effort, and energy in this than some of our higher ticket programs. It's worth its weight, but it's, if you're ready to really answer those questions and have rubber hit the road, that's where to start. Amazing. I would definitely make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming to the show. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Now, if you want to find out more information on how you can grow your healthcare business, 
I want you to get a copy of my book uh, and you can visit practicemasterymethod.com where I talk about the nine accelerators on how to grow a seven-figure healthcare business or add seven figures to your revenue. There are free training, there's free resources uh, that'll be shared in the show notes as well. So go and check those out. Uh, and as always, keep at it, keep hustling uh, because we've got people to help, money to make and freedom to have. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business, and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.